0: All right, here we go. Fasting part two. Fasting part two. Um, now, there was a man who went to see his doctor. He was overweight, and the doctor wanted to see if fasting pr- could produce some results for him. He said to his, his, his patient, he goes, I want you to try something. I want you to eat Regularly for two days and then skip the third. Repeat that for two weeks straight. Eat for two days and skip the third. Then repeat. Pretty simple instructions. The next time I see you, you should have lost about five. Healthy pounds. You know how you know how they distinguish between healthy and unhealthy, right? Five healthy pounds means that you probably won't get those back. Unhealthy pounds is like you, you know, you just they disappeared, and the second you start eating, they'll show up again. So um two weeks go by and the, and the man returns to, to the doctor, and the doctor is like, Whoa, what happened? How did you lose 60 pounds in two weeks? He, uh, he's like This is amazing. Did you follow my instructions? The patient says, I did. I did, doctor. He goes, "Uh, but I thought I was going to drop dead on that third day, on those third days. And he's like, from all the hunger that you were experiencing from the fasting? And the patient said, no, doctor, from all the skipping around. (laughs) That's all right. Some of you had to take a moment. Eat two days, skip on the third. So he would spend every third day skipping the entire day. You know, I'm not going to skip. You know, skip, skip. It's the lack of food in some of you this morning. You know, the brain is is processing a little slower than usual. This morning we're going to continue. We're going to continue um, on the subject of fasting. As most of you know, we're in a corporate fast for 21 days, starting today. Now, if you're watching this and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot. It's okay. It's okay. Relax. Take a deep breath. Don't panic. You can start now. You can start now. Or you can join us tomorrow if that will make you feel better. It's okay. It's all right. We start our fast today for 21 days. And last week, we answered the questions of why, what is fasting And why exactly do we do it? Now, um, I won't go back and and say everything. I want you guys to watch if you didn't. But I do want to reiterate some things. I will remind you that fasting is when we abstain from food in some significant way. More specifically, the Bible says it refers to abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Fasting is with food. Now, as Brother Tony mentioned right before we opened the service, when we're fasting, we should take some breaks from some things social media, maybe we watch too much TV, and, and maybe we just do too, you know, we're, we're, we're too uh, heavily invested in some other things that could be a distraction to us as we're fasting and praying. So as we're fasting and praying, seek the Lord. Some of us may need to take breaks from social media. Some of us may need to take breaks from video games and things like that so that we can use that time to come before the Lord as we pray and fast. Amen? Amen. Listen, one thing I mentioned last week is that, you know, uh, we can live without all those things, but you can't live without food. Our bodies are dependent on food. And when we strip our bodies of food, it strengthens our dependence on God. Amen. And so it's not going to be easy. It's it's. I'm not going to say some of you are going to breeze through it. It's going to be it's going to be a struggle between your flesh and your spirit. Your flesh is going to say, "Feed me, Seymour." <laughs> Little Chaparral, back in the day, back in the day. Your flesh is going to say feed me. And your spirit is going to say you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Amen. Amen. This morning I want to read from Isaiah chapter 58. This chapter has much to say about proper fasting before God. There are three points to make to to take that we want to take from this scripture this morning the first one first one is based around understanding our first point is understanding it's important that when we're fasting we are understanding what pleases the lord and what doesn't so we look at the first five verses we're gonna go through a whole book a whole chapter 58 but we're gonna go to five verses first it says shout it aloud do not hold back Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion to the descendants and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? And they say, you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is it the kind of fast that I have chosen, only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sock cloth cloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Now, in this first section, I know it's kind of like, man, it's kind of rough. God, these are some rough words. And in this first section of Isaiah, what we see is we see Isaiah giving the people a message, a message from God, um, a message that was declared to anyone who would listen. Right? Now, these verses contain phrases such as, The day, day after day, they seek me out. We see, it says, They seem eager. To know my ways. They seem eager for God to come near. So from the very beginning of this chapter, we see that God gives us three purposes of fasting in just these verses. You know, each one of these is specifically mentioned in the passage. And God gives us solid directions on when and why we should fast. So let's take a look at that first phrase. It says when we fast, so that we can seek God to know Him, to follow His commands. Believe it or not, some of you may not um, not, may not believe this, but believe it or not, God isn't always easy to understand. Anybody, anybody can agree with me. You know, God is not always easy to understand. Like sometimes we're like, I don't, God, what are you doing in my life? Or we praying for people and we're like, God, what are you doing in their life? Because I don't know, what is up with them? How could they not see you, God? How can they not? And we, and we have these questions and we don't understand God. And we sometimes get frustrated because we don't understand God. We, we get, um, sometimes we get angry and bitter because we don't understand God. And the thing is that, just, just, you know, here's a little secret. Here's a little secret why we may not understand God. Isaiah 55. 8 to 9 helps us to remember why there are many times we don't understand God. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. We can't even imagine his ways. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than the earth. So my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Listen, let's, let's, let's agree to, to, to say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm going to agree and I'm going to understand now that I will never understand you. I'm going to live my life stress-free knowing that I will never understand why you do certain things, but I'm going to trust you. You know how relaxing that is? Do you know how freeing that is to say, you know what, I'm just going to trust God. I'll never understand it. I'll never figure out why. And when I'm in the presence of a father, I'll ask him, hey, by the way, you know, back in 2021 when you did this, why did you do that? If that's even a thought on your mind when you're in the presence of the father, which personally, I don't think that's going to be on your mind anymore. Our ways are not his ways. One way that we can seek after, understanding God, meaning, meaning being okay with what he does, understanding that his way are not our ways, understanding that he knows all, understanding that he's the beginning and the end, understanding that he knows all things, right? Omni, We talked about in Bible study last week, he's omni. He's everywhere, he's omnipresent. He's all-powerful. He, he's all-knowing. He's, he's all, he's all I mean, listen, and so what happens is I understand this now. But some of us, sometimes we have difficulty understanding the things that he's doing, the things that he's saying to us, and so forth. And so, therefore, in fasting and praying, what that does, it, bring us to, it brings us to a place that we can understand and grasp that concept. Does that make sense to you guys? The second phrase that he says is, we fast so that we can make God-directed decisions. Our lives are filled with decisions. Every day, you know what? That should be a good experiment. How many decisions do you have to make in one day? How many decisions? The very first one is... Do I hit snooze or do I just get up, right? And then it's, you know, what do I do first? Do I wear this? Do I wear that? You know, do I, I, how hot do I make the water? Uh, This and that, uh, you know, I mean, it's, you have decisions. By the time you leave your house for work, you've probably had like 50 decisions that you've already made. Our life is full of decisions. Do I take this job, Right? I take this job. Do we move? Where do we move to? You guys know I was trying to leave, and I was trying to leave quick. But God said, no, this is where I want you. And did you know that although I thought I would be better off in the place where I wanted to be, I am most best where he wants me to be. Do I ask her to marry me? Should I marry him? Well, you guys did it. <laughs> Amen. Do I start a business? Or do I wait? Should I rent or should I buy? We speak to Kevin, he's going to say buy. Don't rent. Should I listen or should I ignore? Should I retire or should I keep on working? (laughs) Do I switch doctors? Do I get a second opinion? Do I get the surgery, the treatment, or do I just let it be? These are some decisions that are not always easy to make. They're not easy to make. Yeah, when we're fasting and praying, first of all, God doesn't want us to make those decisions. Listen, God never intended for us to make those decisions on our own anyway. Sometimes, Sometimes, you know, people get sick because of some of the decisions they need to make. Like the stress will make someone physically sick because of some... Life-changing decisions that have to be made. And God is sitting back, like, I'm I'm right here. I want to help you make these decisions in your life. He goes, Guess what? I know the answer. Oh, wait, wrong, wrong way. I know the answer. (laughs) Like you know, I, I God is saying, I got you. I know where you need to go. I know what you need to choose. I know what needs to be done. Psalms, chapter 25, verse 4 and 5. It says, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long I will put my hope in you. These were words... Uh, by King David, and it's uh, it's it's like he's he's understanding this. You know, there are times that he it seems like, wait, I thought you just said this, even though he acted a certain way. But he in the in this passage, he's he's understanding. He's like, you know what, the truth is in you, and you need to lead me. There's no way that I'll be able to do this without you. He goes, my hope is in you, and so. As we enter the season of fasting and, and praying, it will help bring clarity in hearing God's voice for direction in our lives. You know, when you spend time with someone, you can't distinguish their voice, you know? Like, you know how all parents, they, a bunch of babies cry in a room, they know, hey, That's mine. Mainly moms can do that. I try, I try, I try to. But moms have a gift. They have a gift. There could be a million babies crying, like, wait, no, she's good. Like, you don't hear all those babies crying? No, no, not ours. Ours is okay. Or the other way, our baby's crying. How do you know? I know. They spend so much time, so much time with their child. Sometimes you spend so much time with friends and family, you start sounding like them, you start acting like them, you start dressing like them. I mean, you know how it is. You can tell when people hang out together because they have the same phrases. They say the same things. They say the same things. They like the same shows. They have something in common. What happens is, as we go before God and praying and fasting, we're spending so much time with the Lord. Did you know that you're going to start recognizing his voice you're going to start saying wait oh god I, 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 oh i hear you i understand and some and many of you are saying i'm going to hear hear something possibly you could hear the audible voice of god but I, but but he speaks through his word he speaks through his word he, he uses our brothers and sisters right he speaks through one of us, through each and every one of us and so there are many ways that god could could reach us but he will reach you as you Dedicate this time in fasting and praying. The third thing, that, the third phrase is that uh, we fast so that we have a general sense of closeness with God. As you guys know, we're, we're both physical and spiritual beings, right? We have flesh and we have spirit. And, uh, you know, uh, God is a spirit. Now, we are sinful and God is Holy. Right, And because of this, there has been distance between us and God. Sin has caused distance between us and God. And so what happens is when we fast and pray, it closes that distance and we grow closer to God. Have you ever heard someone say like, don't oh, no, I just don't feel close to God these days? Oh, I feel all dried up. I feel far from God. I feel like he's not hearing. I f- We've all heard this and we go through it. You know, this is something that we f- all experience, not to be ashamed about, but we all have seasons of dryness, desert seasons, things like that, right? And so when we experience these seasons, what it, what it, what it is is it, there's, there's this, sometimes there's a, there's a gap and God wants that gap to be closed. And so what happens is when we dedicate time to pray and to fast before the Lord and we push all distractions away and we we take a pause on some of the things that are distracting and filling our day and we fill it with praying and reading his word, then what we're doing is we're getting closer and closer and closer. So it's only obvious that when he speaks, you can hear better because he's closer. You understand because you've been spending time in his word, reading who God is, reading and finding out um, about the God that we serve. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, 29 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Come to me. The Lord desires a closeness with us. God desires closeness. And then we fill our life with so much that as he's here with his arms open, desiring closeness, Throughout our lives, we're saying, okay, God, I'm, uh, here, here, Sunday, okay. But then over here, I'm busy over here, I'm, here, I'm busy on this day, busy on that day. Sunday, okay, uh, here's a little hug. And then we and then so what happens is we have a lifestyle of Sundays, Sunday lifestyle, where we embrace the Lord on Sundays. Oh, I love you so much. And then we're like, all right, I'll be back next Sunday. And we go on with our lives, and we fill it with so much and perhaps it's not bad things, perhaps it's just things that we just do um, maybe more than we should or, you know, because I'm not saying TV's bad, but if TV is keeping you from praying, if it's keeping you from reading the Word, then it has become bad. Video games are not bad, but if it's keeping you from reading the Word and praying and spending time with your family, and, you know, it, then it's bad. And so we have to understand, we have to understand that what God desires is a life, he wants you to, to be close. And he doesn't want it just on Sundays, he doesn't want it just on Tuesday nights or on Thursday nights. He wants you to live a lifestyle in his embrace. Can you imagine? You know how some of us have had some amazing moments with God that we like, we 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 take those and we frame it and we put it on the shelf We're like that was an amazing time with God. And God's like, you know you could live like that, right? You know it doesn't have to just be that day that happened four years ago when you were at this retreat or whatever the case may be. He says, you know you can live like this, right? Praying, fasting, reading his word are all efforts we make to draw closer to God. Now, verse 3 says that they were fasting so why does this sound like a warning why does it sound like they are being like you know yelled at why does it seem like they're being disciplined why does it seem like god is displeased like he's angry i mean doesn't he want us to fast of course of course he does it just seems that the people were just going through the motions it's important that we understand this. We don't want to be going through the motions. I know some, of, some people, some people, because this is something that the church, you know, a lot of churches are doing the month of January. We start the year off in praying fasting. So we're not the only ones. And so there are some people that will fast because everyone else is fasting, and, and it's okay, and we were doing it corporately, so we should. But perhaps we'll never even fast again. And then while they're doing it, they're just going through the motion and they're not really going before the Lord as we should be going through the Lord. I want want us to understand this because I don't want anybody to miss out on the benefits, the results of your praying and fasting. To them, they were just going through the motions and it was just a religious act. It was just a religious act to them. Deep down inside, it held no true meaning to them. The fasting that they were engaged in was not what God wanted. Look what God had to say about their fast. Right? During their fast, they, they, they do as they please, and they exploit people around them. While they're fasting, while they're supposed to be, you know, concentrating on God and reaching out to Him and His Word and praying and really focusing on on His direction and, and speak to me, Lord. During this moment, they're doing anything they want to do anyway and exploiting people around them, meaning they're fasting, yet they're consciously being sinful. They're doing whatever they want. And they're mistreating people around them. They're mistreating people around them. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to be perfect during 21 days of fasting. Guess what? We still make mistakes. We still say things we shouldn't say. We're still going to do things we shouldn't do. But, but while we're fasting, we should be aware of the state that we're in, right? Right? So that if something does happen, you're like, oh, you know what? Lord, I want to go before you, Lord, I'm sorry, I repent. You know, this is a moment of fasting and praying that I'm coming before you, Lord, purify my life. And so you you address those in that conversation. Remember, it's a relationship with God that you have, right? You could talk to him about it. But these people, they were consciously not, they were just not caring. They were not caring. The word says that they didn't care, they did as they pleased. Verse 4 says, you know, it points out that they were arguing. They were angry. They were bitter with everybody around them. Angry, arguing, bitterness. supposed to be fasting. You're supposed to be praying. You're supposed to be connected to to God. And here you are walking around all hangry. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they were hangry. Y'all know how some of y'all get. We'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) We see... That there was a mistreatment of the people. Not only an attitude and a ver, not it was not only an attitude and a verbal problem, right? But they were actually hitting people. So it wasn't like I'm just arguing with you, right? It's not just I'm like yelling at you or angry with you. It was like, yo, I'm punching people in the face, kind of thing. While they were fasting. Are we starting to see why God may not be pleased with their fasting right now? They're doing whatever they want to do. They're angry. They're arguing. They're bitter. They're hitting each other. And God's like, y'all, y'all supposed to be giving this time to me? I don't want that time. I don't want that. In verse 5, I can't help but notice this. God mentions two times that the people were giving him only a day. Now, let me finish before some of you guys think that a day is... I mean, I'm trying to say that a day is not good enough or anything like that. But it does point out you were only given only a day to fasting. Now, uh, we understand that fasting is done to so we can get a better understanding of God, so that we can help make more godly decisions, so that we can draw closer to God, right? And in God's opinion throwing a day at him and fasting, and then expecting immediate results was something that uh, he, was, he was like, "Yo, you guys, this is not how it works. This is not how it works. He said it takes time. See, it's something that should become a lifestyle. My prayer during our 21 days of fasting is that if this is the first time that you're fasting with us? If this is the first time you're, you're joining us in fasting, then I pray that it becomes a lifestyle, meaning that as you are growing in your walk with God, that God, will, the Holy Spirit, will speak to you and say, "You know what? let's Take take three days, randomly, and then you go before the God and, and you fast, and, and and then three days there or two days here or whatever. But that God, that that you may be led to be, to develop a lifestyle of fasting." Remember I mentioned being hangry a second ago? Remember those snicker commercials, right? The snicker commercials that they'll have, like, some famous person who's really angry. Really angry person. They're, like, yelling and screaming this and that. And they're, like, yo, here, take your snickers. And they give them the snickers and they bite snickers and all of a sudden they're somebody else. Somebody else. Like, if hunger caused them to be somebody that they weren't. Hunger caused them to be this whole other person, an angry person, a bitter person, a not-so-friendly person. Well, did you know, for those that get hangry, I'm going to give you guys an excuse today of why you get hangry. Personally, I don't believe anyone should be, you know, there's no excuse to the hangry behavior, but scientifically, I was proven wrong, because there is a scientific reason why people get hangry. Hangriness begins, it happens when our brain perceives that there's a lack of glucose, right? And so with glucose, which comes from food, so when, the, when, so when our brain feels that there's a lack of glucose, right, and, and, and they see it as life-threatening, and then sees it as life-threatening, so what, the, what happens is the body begins to go into like a panic mode. Your body goes into panic. Look at, look at the dependency on food, right? So your, your body goes into a panic mode, and at that moment, it somehow, because I said I'm gonna kinda like breeze over it, I'm not a doctor, it begins to stir up or cause some, um, you know, to, to cause the stress hormone levels to go up in your body. And as a result of stress hormones going up in your body, your brain releases a chemical called neuropeptide. Why? Now, that chemical, when it's released out of the brain, is what causes aggression and, uh, you know, causes people to get angry when they're hungry. So, for those hangry people out there, when someone's like, yo, what's wrong with you? Why are you so? You'd be like, yo, it's the neuropeptide, yo. It's the neuropeptide." <laughs> All right? Sorry, sorry, excuse me, excuse me. It's just that... It's just that chemical, you know. So it is true. People will get a little agitated when hungry. But I believe that as we're praying and fasting together, I believe that the Holy Spirit does something to supernaturally balance that chemical before it comes out. And that we can continue to be loving with each other through our fast. That we can continue to embrace each other, to, to, to comfort one another, and, and this is leading us into the second point that we want to make this, 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 uh, this morning. If we continue to read verses six and seven of, Matthew, of Isaiah 58, Isaiah chapter 58, we see that these verses we see that compassion should be present while fasting. It, is it not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burden, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? Is it, is, it, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring your house to uh, the, 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 your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him? And not hide yourself from your own flesh. so so we people have mentioned this verse all the time, and, and, and actually some people have said, well, fasting, they'll use an argument and say fasting is not for food, because the Bible says that true fasting is get you know clothe the naked and feed the hungry and this and that so that so I want to want us to understand something and, say, and in fasting what what we're what we're seeing here is that we can't say we're fasting and lack a compassion element to this and so the bible is making sure to specify that when we're truly fasting these things of compassion should be present okay now like you know when i think of fasting you know honestly when i when you ask me pastor Things that come to your head when, when you say fasting. I say, okay, well, no eating, uh, praying, reading the Word, um, uh, you know, uh, looking normal. Remember we, we talked about that last week, not making your face like, oh, oh, fasting. No, looking normal according to Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. You know, obeying Jesus in keeping the, to myself. You know, you know, I know corporately we're doing this together. But as God leads you to fast in your own walk with God, that's something between you and God. People don't, you don't have to advertise it. You don't have to, you know, shout it from the moon, the rooftop, I'm fasting. You know, that's not what, you know, and we see that in Matthew 6, verse 18, right? And these are the things that we usually think about when we say fasting. Isaiah 58 brings another aspect of fasting that we don't normally consider, right? And it's a compassion part of fasting. According to these verses, fasting should harvest compassion in our hearts for people around us. Proper fasting must be accompanied by an obedient life. And the things that we see here about clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, you know, all these things, you know, uh, taking in the, you know, these are all things that are in the Word in the first place. These are things that God, you know, has told us to do. You know, we're instructed as Christians to do this. And so, Fasting is accompanied by an obedient life. How can we fast and then not be willing to do these acts of compassion? How can we say we're going before the Lord and we want to get closer to you, we want to hear from you, we want you to help us make better directions, but we're going to refuse to do what you've even asked us to do in the first place? Do you understand this? Man, I, I hope we all get in this. I really do because I'm excited to be fasting as a church with each and every one of you. And that's why I want you to understand it. The outsides and the insides need to match. How on the outside we're going before God, oh God, I want to get closer, I want to get closer. And then the inside is like, psh, they on, they on. I don't got time for this. I don't got Sorry, sorry. I'm not eating, you not eating. You know what I mean? Don't do that to nobody. <laughs> you see someone who's hungry like, "Well, sorry, I'm fasting. I can't eat, you can't eat." I don't know. I don't know. No, you don't, you know, you know that's not that's not what we're called to do. God mentions, he mentions four compassionate actions that should accompany fasting. And one, he says, is freeing those illegally enslaved. Now, I don't think any of us have the power to let anyone go who might be incarcerated right now illegally, right? But we can pray for them. We can lift it up in prayer. Or can we look at this and see how can this be applied to my life? Have I emotionally, illegally enslaved someone? Have I taken advantage of someone and manipulated them? Manipulated their mind and their hearts to be enslaved to a thought, to an idea, to to a person? Set them free. He points out feeding the hungry with what you have not eaten. All right, well, you fasting? Well, the food you would have eaten, give it to somebody else. Give it to somebody else. Clothing the naked. Restored relationships in our families. That's verse 7. Some of us are like, I don't need nobody from my family. I get it. Sometimes we need to have some healthy distances from certain people in the meantime while God is doing some restoration. He's in the restoration business, right? But in in the acts of compassion that he points out, when he says and not hide yourself from your own flesh, you can read other versions that will help make it more understandable. But what God is referring to is He wants restored relationships in your family. That's what God wants. God desires that. He desires restored family relationships. Now, all four of these actions have roots in compassion. And we know that the word tells us to be compassionate to one another in the first place, right? We look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Instead be kind to each other tenderhearted some versions say compassionate forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you Fasting should help birth compassion in our lives things like pity sympathy empathy caringness concern sensitivity, warmth, and love, tenderness, mercy, kindness, and charity toward others. If you, say, if you are sitting here right now and you're like, I don't, if you, if you kind of feel this way, if you have trouble showing someone that you care, if you have trouble being sensitive to the needs of others, if you're having a hard time uh, uh, being kind to people, then guess what? Move that up to the top of the list in prayer. Move it up to the top. Lord, help me be more compassionate as your word has directed me to be. And as I fast and pray through these 21 days, may may my heart reflect yours. Our heart, being compassionate, it should move us Into action. Into action. Matthew 14, 14, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. He had compassion, and then he healed their sick. Matthew 20, 34, so Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes receive sight and they followed him jesus was full of compassion when i am full of compassion when you are full of compassion we are more like jesus fasting should make us all look more like jesus third and final point is action Fasting should first include an understanding, right, of what pleases God, what doesn't please him. It should uh, have a compassion element to it. How can we fast and not be compassionate toward others, right? Um, we should show passion, compassion, or if we don't have it, then we should birth compassion. Like, it should, it should be birthed in us. Lastly is action. Proper fasting will prompt the Holy Spirit into action in our lives. Listen, um, this morning, so every day for 21 days, there's going to be a video devotion. It's posted on Faith Life. It's posted on Facebook. Um, uh, Dennis has done a good job doing all the back-end technical things to make sure it's seen, right? Um, Today was was devotion day one, and I mentioned something in there that kind of like for me was the first time I actually took a moment to think about this, right? It said the Holy Spirit in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the Holy Spirit was just hovering over the waters. It wasn't doing anything. It was just hovering. It was just hovering over the waters. It was just there until the voice of God said, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit moved into, act, into action, and all of a sudden, there was light. Fasting in our lives should prompt the Holy Spirit to move into action. Isaiah 58, verses 8 to 14. I'll read, I'll, read it, or I'll read it for you all. Follow with me. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear Guard, And then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, I am here. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of your finger, and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones, and you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall rise, raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets. To dwell in. If you turn away from where your foot from the Sabbath. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, a holy day of the Lord honorable and shall honor him in not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasures, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Man. Yo, read that tonight. Read that tonight. Please, please take some time to just read this tonight. I have questions for you guys. Number one, do you want to be blessed by God? We all want, we all want the blessings of God. We all do, right? Do you want favor? Do you want to find favor in him? Like, do you want to find favor? Do you want him to favor you? Like, do you, do you want favor in your life? Do you? Like, well, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want the favor of God in their life? Do you want to be close to God? Now, I'm not just saying to say yes. Do you want to be closer to God? It's going to take an intentional effort on your part. So first is, yes, I want to get closer to God. Yes, I want to be blessed. Yes, I want to find favor in God. And so therefore, I will be intentional. I will kill my flesh, and my spirit will grow stronger. I will make a decision, yes, that this year will not be like the last spiritually. We cannot control anything other than ourselves right now, right? And so you can say, I will not be in the same spiritual level that I was last year. This year, I'm going to be closer to God. This year, I want to hear from him like I haven't heard from him before. Church, can you stand with me this morning? Proper fasting is blessed by God. It's blessed by God. These last set of verses, they point out 10 extraordinary blessings From God. Well, I think there's more, but I'm just going to point out ten. (laughs) These ten blessings, which are a result of fasting, will break into action into our lives. If your day, if your life feels dark and damp, if you feel far from God if you feel like you've been on a drought if you feel like he just you like you like like maybe you haven't been in the place where you know you should be proper fasting will help change that prayer team can you come up so in these verses there are some blessings, some moments of blessings, right, that it mentions. S- verse 8 says spiritual and physical healing. Some of us need some spiritual healing and some of us need physical healing. It continues, it says righteousness will be our guard and reputation. Righteousness will be our guard and reputation. Sometimes people try to say things about you that aren't true and try to label you who you aren't. A blessing from God is that righteousness will guard you and your reputation. God will guard us. He'll protect us. We see that God will hear our prayers we see that God will guide us. He will give us direction. Verse 11 says that he will provide for us. God will give us strength to face the day. Some of us are like, oh, that's a blessing? Yeah, that's a blessing. To wake up and be given strength to face the day the day is a blessing. Our faith, our lives, our relationships will be repaired and restored. That's a blessing. One of the things that the enemy has done, I believe, to just cause havoc to cause pain is just destroy families. Sisters, brothers, parents. Destroy the, the, the relationship that was, which what God intended. And in fasting and praying, one of the blessings of it is that we could see relationships within our families restored. Verse 14 continues and says, Joy will be found in the Lord. Joy is a blessing. Because when God gives us joy, we can be happy in the midst of the storms of life when things don't, when there's nothing to be joyful about and we can still have that joy, that's a blessing. And lastly, overcoming difficulties and obstacles is a blessing from God. This morning, I, wanna, I want us to take a moment. I want us to take a moment to just say, Lord, I want my heart to be in the right place. This is day 1 and I really want to give you my heart. I want I want I want to I want to give you my heart and I want to make sure it's in the right place as I go before you. The altar is open this morning. I invite you to come down. You know, as you come down for prayer, perhaps you need wisdom or direction, perhaps encouragement, to push through them, um, strength, discipline. If you're sick or someone that you're, you know is sick and you want to stand in the gap for them. I know so many of our church family members are sick. This is a time that we're experiencing all types of diseases and things like that, viruses and so forth. If you want to stand in the gap for someone, I invite you to the altar so that you may put them before God in prayer. If you've been struggling with your own walk with God, if you're struggling with your own walk with God and and you know who God is, but you know that things haven't been the way that they should and you know that perhaps you've kind of taken a backseat to some things, Today can be the day that that relationship is restored once again. God wants to restore your relationship with him. No better time than now. There is no better time than now. If you're here, I invite you to the altar. If you're watching online, I challenge you to reach out. I challenge you to reach out to let us know, to ask for prayer, so we can get in contact with you don't let this day go by without saying lord i need you in my heart if you've never made that profession if you have a confession if you've never if you've never accepted christ into your heart if you've never said lord come into my heart i want to serve you i want to be a disciple of christ I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins and you rose on the third day. That you are the Son of God and you are my Savior and Lord. I surrender my life to you. If you haven't made that commitment, I invite you to the altar because we want to pray with you. Today could be that day. If you're watching online and you want to make that commitment, reach out. Type it in wherever you're watching. Send us a message, an email, whatever it is. We want to pray with you. We want to welcome you into the family of Christ. Father God, we come before you right now. Father God, we come before you to humble ourselves before you, to give you our hearts. May our hearts be in the right place as we join together in unity, Father, as brothers and sisters in Christ, to seek you in praying and fasting, believing that you have the answers, knowing, Father God, that the power lies in you. Father God, Have your way with our church family, with our friends. Look at each and every family that's represented here at Lighthouse. Those that might be watching online, our friends, Lord, that are watching online, Lord, look at each and every family right now. We lift up families that have been torn through pain and hurt, betrayal, Violence, abuse, Father God, right now we cancel the assignment. We cancel the assignment on destroyed families. We cancel that in the name of Jesus. We pray for restored relationships right now. We cancel the assignment of disease in the name of Jesus right now and proclaim healing in the name of Jesus. Father God, as we continue forward in fasting and praying, Lord, I I ask you that you tear the heavens open and that you pour your Holy Spirit down in this place in such a way. Baptize us all, Lord, Empower us, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Father God, that that it may be like in the book of Acts, the church of Antioch. People were hearing of what you were doing. They, They were hearing from far away of the things that God was doing. And people were being drawn into by the power of God. Let us see that today. In Jesus' name.